But this is a dirty game, bro. And what I've always said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges. 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 really good potsters welcome to another episode of love war challenges i am mtv malik he is tyler louder and she is becky aka gif master bex what's really good squad how y'all been holding up i'm in good just you know missing the episodes and uh ready for this new season and uh, really enjoying this old one. No doubt. Feels good to be back. Tyler, how are you hanging? You know, I am doing great. Uh, just, I am just insanely busy right now with everything I got going on with school. Just, uh, it's kicking my ass. So I'm really glad to just be here and I can relax right now. Yeah, I definitely feel you. I'm probably taking way too many courses than I should, but hey, I never let school get in the way of my knowledge. I still need that piece of paper for absolutely no reason at all. (laughs) Speaking of episodes, Jesus Christ, I don't know what happened. I kept trying to post the episodes on our Twitter. and I was wondering. Yeah, it was like restarting like 10 minutes into it. So I don't exactly know what happened, but I got it figured out. So So episode three of season 17 is already up on our Twitter. And, you know, I just had to take me a little break catch up on some schoolwork, take care of some stuff around the house and now i'm feeling back to normal heard everybody reach out say what's up thank you guys for checking on me much appreciated love you guys are you guys ready to go ahead and jump into it let's do it uh no antonio today apparently he had a handball game or something like that i don't fully know he's not able to make it i'm sure he'll be back as soon as it's convenient you guys ready to go? <laughs> wow. You guys the ready to jump in? just came right in there. What? I think he's in I, I think he's in a sweatpants wearing contest right now is what he's doing. <laughs> Everything. So it's gray sweatpants season in New York. So Oh yeah, that's right. It's hoodie season. <laughs> Can't wait. I'm I'm actually lacking in my hoodies. So ladies, ladies, ladies over where Antonio is, uh, if, if you, if you're looking, this guy's going to be wearing some gray sweatpants for you. Okay. So <laughs> Antonio doesn't need an excuse to wear gray sweatpants and a tank top. He runs around like that's how he, that's his natural uniform. You know, and that's really odd for me because I never known any Italian men to like, like wearing sweatpants except for every single Italian man that ever was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. Oh, all right. You guys ready to get into it? Let's roll. All right. Previously on the Duel 2. At the Freezing as Puck Challenge, Mark and Rachel slid their way to a cool victory. Congratulations, Mark, Rachel. You guys win today's challenge. At the Duel Selection Ceremony, Paula went back on a promise to vote for MJ and switched her vote at the last minute, betraying her closest ally, Evan, and their alliance. 
Paula voting for Dunbar instead of MJ has made everyone really skeptical of me and her. Facing possible elimination in the duel, MJ chose to compete against Ryan, while Robin called out rookie Kim. Kim, you can come ahead and come with me. At the duel, Kim climbed her way past Robin, sending the vet home. Then MJ crushed his competition, eliminating Ryan from the game. All right, Ryan, unfortunately for you, this is the end of the road. Feeling the sting from Paula's surprise vote, Evan decided to distance himself from the unpredictable player. But the damage may have already been done. If he's pulling the now, how are we gonna trust him with anybody? As far as the whole Evan Paula situation goes in the house, it kind of looks sketchy, and now you've got the house in uproars, and that's not gonna help your situation, I guarantee that. It's a giant house of cards. Disturb it, knocks the whole thing down. So, we are coming off of Paula going rogue, MJ beating the brakes off of Ryan, Cam surprising everybody, well, maybe not everybody, and Dustin Robin, and the whole house putting pressure on Evan to drop Paula. So when the episode opens up, uh, Brooke is out here wilding for respect. Um, she says things like she is strong and brave for coming back to the challenge house. And uh, uh, I, I just want to know, uh, in your guys' opinion, what is... <laughs> What do you think of Brooke's legacy so far up to this point on the challenge? Becky, kick it off. Who's Brooke? The girl I was at the beginning of the episode. I know. I don't know her. She's literally not even like an important person. Like, what is her legacy? She doesn't have one. She's just some beauty queen wannabe running around the house. Yeah, I was kind of worried when she was getting some uh, uh, airtime at the beginning of the episode because we all know what this means. Tyler, what do you think of Brooke? Um, sorry, I kind of got uh, I I got bored uh, talking about Brooke here, so I just wasn't paying attention because that's what Brooke is. She's boring. If she's not there making out with somebody, she's not doing anything of relevance for the show, the challenge. She's great for the real world, though. Great for the real world. Yes, uh, Denver, I believe, right. Yep. Yeah. I, if I remember correctly, she was like, she was actually pretty good on Denver. Like she was always like throwing stuff or fighting and stuff it's, like that. It, she was it very actually, extra from what I remember. That's what it I remember. It is actually a very underrated real world season for no, like the cast I think, they have. No, I think Denver was a <gasps> wasn't she with Jen? Season. Jen was on there. Mm -hmm. this, the, there was there was the Davis and Tyree like race like fight like hit me in my face type thing. Yeah, like, that was a big thing. If you're gonna Tyree do it, do it now. Yeah. Oh man, yo, Denver is not slept on. I think Denver is, is highly respected. Not up there with the New York sort of Vegases, but definitely a fan favorite. Speaking of Denver, I just had an episode with uh, Robert Lee Jr. And uh, for the on the uh, for the love of the challenge podcast, so make sure you guys go check that out. We talk about everything from, you know, my favorite real world seasons, which I can't believe I didn't mention Denver and, you know, the hate, not the hate, but the love hate relationship I have with the New York Knicks. So that's definitely uh, available on Spotify. Make sure you guys go check that out. Moving on, we see Nehemiah Davis and they're talking shop with Paula who still thinks Evan will come through for her. Now, this is still the very beginning of the episode, but one of the things struck me as kind of funny. 
you know, Davis is talking about how Nehemiah and him have something in common. You know, we wanted to see people like, you know, the Evans of them out of the game. Of all of the people on this season, why would Nehemiah even consider teaming with somebody as Davis? Uh, Davis isn't a bad guy or anything like that. He seems pretty cool. But as far as the challenge goes, doesn't seem like he brings a lot to the table. Um, Tyler, do you think otherwise or am I bugging? Um, well, not necessarily that I, I think Davis brings a lot to the challenge or is a, a great competitor. I don't think he's a bad competitor. Um, I think he's just a very, like, he's like, a, he, if this was like a, a team sport, he'd be a role player. Right. But he wouldn't be like unsigned. But you kind of said why he would pair up with him. He's a good guy. And Nehemiah is, you know, for those that don't know, Nehemiah is a part of team good guys. Yeah, it's no, essentially he is a good guy. Well, no, because he's associated with Wes, and Wes is the captain of Team Good Guys. Um, and <laughs> why we got to bring Wes into this? Because that's Nehemiah's boy, and I'm saying he said good guy, and that's why he's paired up with Davis because he sees Davis as like a true good person, and that's who he wants to work with. It's not about who do I think can help me get farther in this game. It's like who would I want to see win the money if I don't? Wow, that's it's really nice, Becky. Do you share the uh, the same thoughts? <laughs> um. I think the team good guy, like team, like I, I think Nehemiah definitely always fell into the team good guy situation. He's always been a really good uh, person overall. Wes being always team good guy, probably not I didn't necessarily. Say always. But I'm just saying, you mentioned him on team good guy, and I'm letting you know that he doesn't always qualify for that. But he's not on this, so we're not going to focus on Wes. Um, but Davis is is just a genuinely just kind of nice guy. I think he's on this season kind of testing the waters do i think he's gonna do amazingly well probably not because we've seen in these challenges that nice guys finish last you know they they don't really run in packs like the bad guys quote unquote would and that's where they're end up gonna get burned you know there's more bad guys than good guys on this season they are outnumbered i learned a couple of new things about davis Two really stuck out for me. One, he has been sober since 2017. So congratulations, Davis, on that. Two, he is a recording artist and he made a tribute to DM. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. The name of the song is called Beautiful Girls. And I would like to play it for you guys. I thought I, I thought you were about to like pull like a, a joke for a second, but no, this is legit. It's not. Yeah, push play. Yeah, yeah no, I just wanted you to see it. It's oh. DM with the bald oh. head. You should be spinning on the dance floor, whipping your hair. Car wheeling down to the ocean on Florida sand. You should be lighting the world up, cause it's in your hands. You should be. Cause beautiful girls ain't supposed to die young. They were born to fly, they were meant to run. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Taking someone like you away from me. Try to understand, but it doesn't make sense Why some beginnings have to end That you should be laughing, smiling, having fun Cause beautiful girls ain't supposed to die young 
Wow, that really oh. sounds really, really heartfelt. What did you guys think of the song? I, it gave me chills. I'm sorry. I, I loved it. It was cute. Uh, and you can definitely tell who he's talking about if, if you know anything about DM and her history. And it's just like, I, I almost started tearing up. You're so mean. I was just playing. Tyler, what did you think of the song? Yeah, it's a good song. Um, I, it's, I feel like I've heard it before. And I don't know where I've heard it before. At, but I honestly feel like I actually think I've heard that song before. Um, that's pretty crazy. I didn't know that Davis like recorded yeah. music. I didn't know that he was like at the point where he had to like become sober and everything like that. Like, did I. I thought that was very interesting. And despite the jokes, I thought the song was actually pretty good. Uh, the reason why I think is the reason why it sounds familiar is because it follows a lot of the same notes and tempo as, you know, most popular mm-hmm. country songs, which isn't always a bad thing, but the song is actually really, really cool. And if you're a fan of DM, you might find something you really, really like in it. So make sure you check that out. I'll go ahead and post a link to it on our Twitter. Sorry, I just lost my place. The only place I didn't lose is my place in hell. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> with that joke. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible joke that I most definitely will cut out. <laughs> you need Becky's background for that joke. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the daily. Today's daily is going to be called All Shook Up. Today's challenge is called All Shook Up. As you can see, there are two parallel ropes stretched out over this muddy pit. Today's challenge is real simple. Stay on those ropes as long as possible. To begin, you're going to make your way onto those ropes by standing on the bottom rope and holding onto the top rope. Then when I say go, you're going to try to shake those ropes, shaking your opponents into this muddy pit. You hit that pit, The mud is just absolutely disgusting. There's like foam and just chunks of brown. The overall appearance of this mud is like toilet water. I mean, can we talk about how everybody is trying to cancel Paula? And I honestly feel a little bit bad for her. In this situation, I don't. Really? I mean... Not in this situation. She was told to vote a certain way. She is in an alliance with much stronger people who is betting on her to vote a certain way so everybody can be safe. The thing about it is everybody is kind of, it's fair and unfair. One, do what the alliance says if you're going to stay in it. Two, as long as you're not picked last, it doesn't fucking matter. If you didn't win, the only other thing is to not be picked last. If you're not picked last, everybody should shut the fuck up. I mean, it's... uh... Rebecca? I'm sorry. No, I mean, it's just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just think it's unfair. I know that Paula, the thing is, is Paula's openly been screwed over by multiple people over multiple seasons. I think she was just looking out for herself, whether that's like the smartest thing to do or not. I feel really bad for her. Remember, this is the season right after uh, the island. So she's very wary and she just been burnt pretty fucking bad. I mean, she would have had that win if her alliance held her down the way they were supposed to. So I could see why she's wary. And Evan, even though he wasn't there, if he was probably the same shit, you think J E K wouldn't kick her ass straight to the curb to put Evan on there. Exactly. So so it's fair and unfair. She should have went along with the alliance at the same time. The alliance needs to stop tripping as long as none of them was last, which MJ was last episode. I mean, we talked about this like last podcast 
that if they didn't want Paula to make a decision, then pick her last of your alliance. So it's actually everybody at the top's fault. So I, I don't feel bad for anybody. Mark and Rachel should know better when they make the order. I mean, they it's this isn't like it's the dual one where you have like 30 seconds and now it's time to pick. Right. Like you get the whole night to sleep pretty much, it feels like, and come back the next day and pick all these things. So it's so, a lot of confusion too. That's like the thing is, everybody's like. It's a lot of names. You may not have all the information off that, but this is where the episode gets really interesting. So, oh, what a great daily. Yes, yeah, this, this daily. was a great daily. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Polly, and you're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Car Maria. This is a shout-out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. Um. So one... The prize is a mobile router, something you put in your car that's going to give your car internet. I want to know if they still got that shit because we, <laughs> as TJ used a phrase, you can connect any of your Wi-Fi enabled devices and just hearing somebody describe it like that just shows how dated this fucking show is. I thought that was incredibly awesome. Yeah, we do have them. They're called mobile hotspots and they're on your cell phone. Mobile hotspots were like, um. Uh, Verizon has uh, the hum. We plug it into your OBD court, turns into a smart car, and T-Mobile got something called the sync up. Plus, you can get shit like that at Walmart, too. So, um, yeah, yeah mm. that really stuck out to me because that probably was really awesome back then. And the second thing was uh, Mark and Rachel making the order trying to be fair. So, and I think that went, and when where they are placed in these has really spoke volumes about what they think is fair. Now, in the first heat, you have Brooke, DM, Anissa, and Kim. All right, ladies, you ready? Anissa's going super hard, and she she just gets to shaking, and she uh, shakes herself right the fuck off. So uh, good job, Anissa, then. While seeing that, I got the distinction. I remember the other day I was saying, like, I was watching it, and, and Monet was with me. And I was saying, like, yeah, this is Anissa when she was at in her prime and doing her best. And this looks like another case of Anissa kind of quitting. I don't think it was just so much she couldn't do it. I think she she tired herself out with all of this shaking and just like, well, fuck this and called it a day. You guys feel the same? Well, I mean, they were the first ones up. So I think that they tried a strategy and it didn't work and they ended up tiring themselves out. And it, you know, that's kind of how it works when you're the first one on the block where now you're, everybody's saying, okay, it's better just to kind of wait it out versus like trying to shake people off, tiring yourself out and knocking yourself off. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to give them the excuse of like they're the first people there because like Kim, who's a rookie, who's never done anything like this, right away had the strategy down pat mm -hmm. and i just think it's it's so weird i feel like anisa has such a good mental game when they're in like the house but then as soon as like they're in competition her mind just like leaves and if she's not doing like like a 10 gram or, like a puzzle or anything like that she doesn't know what to do strategically is what it comes off as most time for me and there's a lot of panic and a lot of dqs and a lot of non 
non-wins. Like I would love to go through Anissa's career and count how many DQs she actually has. Something tells me she's going to be high up there. So probably not as much as Danny, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the ladies move on to phase two and they have to hold onto the rope with one hand. Uh, DM and Brooke proved uh, unable to do that. So Kim wins just by really not doing anything. So sometimes uh, less is more. So shout out to Kim for doing that. Now, Heat 2. This shows one end of what Mark and Rachel think is fair. So this one is Rachel, Katie, Jen, and Paula. And it doesn't seem like Rachel gave herself too much competition. Maybe just Jen. I mean, if this was true, if she was truly lining it up for herself, she would have replaced Jen with Kim. But what do you think about um, Rachel putting herself into into this heat, which it seems like minimal competition? Katie could barely reach the top rope. No, that's exactly it. Like, it's a competition about height at this point. Right. And she clearly is bigger than all the other girls. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So not exactly the most fair. I'm going to make sure I put myself in a uh, a good position to win. It's like uh, the Ra- easiest heat of all. Yeah, exactly. Rachel goes extra hard with the shake and she's super aggressive. Uh, Katie is the first one to go. And then all of a sudden she gets to shake and all of them fall. Jen goes first, but her and Paula hit about the same time. Turns out Paula wins. So for all of that plot and all of that shaking, she doesn't even get to the next round. Now let's go to the third heat. Brittany, Tori, and Ruthie. She was real smart not to put Tori and Ruthie in the same heat as her, but Brittany also could have been another good replacement, but Brittany's also kind of tall. And this one was truly entertaining. Both both Ruthie and Brittany were aggressive. Uh, at some point, uh, Brittany is upside down and Ruthie got this like a tarantula thing going where she just holding on. They get the shaking and, and Ruthie gets to win. And I just love the fact that both of these girls were massively taller than Ruthie because it looks like Rachel definitely didn't want Ruthie to win. And Ruthie got the best of all of them. I think that really speaks to who Ruthie is as a challenger and as a competitor and how fierce she really is. Now, if we're talking about this from a strategic standpoint, this again goes back to showing how bad Mark and Rachel are at planning things strategically. Like people love these guys. Like people like OGs is starting to get set up and everything, but strategically, they're not they're not as good as people think. Why not? You have an alliance, you have an alliance of four people. Why not put every member of your alliance in one heat so you guaranteed get to the finals? In the girls, in the girls round, they had no women from their alliance outside of Paula, who they're trying to kick out in the finals. It just seems like they set it up for failure. Like, what's your beef with the OGs, man? It was a different game. It's not like people are going back like Clyde Drexler wasn't really that great because he couldn't shoot like Steph Curry. The game changes. Mm, the game that's changes. Different. No, hang on a second. But that's different. That's a different back thing. In the because day, those- John Starks was like. But people like John Starks and BJ Armstrong, these long distance shooters, they were the shit. And let me tell you, Steph Curry will cook the fuck. They he they will he will cook them up. But it's not because they're not as good as competitors. It's because it's a different game now. Yeah, but he also wouldn't make it through all four quarters because he'd be too battered and bruised after half because they play physical defense in the 80s and 90s. I'm just Why a little bit different. are we talking I'm... about okay. this? Because okay, we are no, comparing we'll the challenge OGs. to real sports. What I'm saying is 
He's saying the OGs aren't as good as people today make them out to be. I'm saying they are. No, I didn't say all OGs. I'm saying that these OGs, like Mark and Rachel, is who I'm. He's talking more about strategically, though. He's not. Yeah, it's about strategy. And honestly, everybody sleeps on Ruthie. Now I'm going to tell you guys. I met Ruthie in person. Ruthie is shorter than me. Now Malik, you've met me in person. I'm not tall. I'm relatively short. But Ruthie was like here, like she's tiny. All of our audio people can totally tell where you're saying when you say here. Well, she's like, I'm sorry. I'm used to being, I'm used to being live, Tyler. F off. But anyway, but she's like, she's, she's a good, like, she's like to my ear. Like, like literally, like she's short. And I'm five. And I'm four. (laughs) Well, I talk with my hands. Fuck you. I I got Uh, you. But no, I'm, but she is really super short. She's super wily they she's a huge competitor she's got a huge heart and everybody sleeps on her i think if she came back she would rock the shit out of everything i wish that she would come back i don't know because you put a ruthie against a killer cam <laughs> ruthie's gonna get punted to the moon and back i don't know i can see but not, ruthie is wily though uh, she that's, is she, that's she is. her problem that's her problem, though. She doesn't have any balance. She's just like, this is what I'm doing, and I'm going to go straight for it, even if I'm going to fail. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and you definitely see that. And not at all. And we definitely see. And that's not always great gameplay strategy, especially now. But we're definitely going to get on that in a second. Let's go ahead and jump into the finals. It's Ruthie versus Kim and Paula. Kim, stips, Kim is going to stick to her stoic strategy. Uh, they move on to phase two, which is just pretty much a stalemate to just stand around and look at each other. And then <laughs> they move on to phase three where things get physical. The phase three, you can now touch each other. And then you just see Ruthie like, oh, yeah, shit just got real. And she starts inching towards them <laughs> on the rope. And Paula's like, yeah, I'm kind of scared. And like, shit, I'm kind of scared just watching. Like, Ruthie looks like she's about to fuck some shit up. Like, she looks like the, the tiny embodiment of the word YOLO. And she goes in and immediately scissors Paula, gets into a chicken fight with Kim. She just kicks him all the fuck off and goes ahead and claims the win and stays dry the whole time. Ruthie is the female winner. The best thing about I loved about this daily is that it really seemed like the right person won. The person who tried no bullshit, no other shit, no politics. Somebody went in there and kicked everybody's ass. And that was Ruthie. I don't think anybody could have knocked her off. She was like, she was literally like twisted around those ropes. Like it was insane. More than anything, it was exciting and it was impressive. So if the girls are performing like this, you thinking like the males is going to be even better. Let's go ahead and jump into that. So the guys heat one is MJ, Brad, Isaac, and Davis. I don't think any real strategy went into, I don't think Mark put any real strategy in making that heat. So they go in. MJ is the aggressor. Uh, he stretches Isaac right the fuck off. Brad follows. Davis hangs for a while and then he drops off. So MJ gets the win for Heat One. Can I just say, I'm not a fan of MJ. He's I don't think most people getting are. Getting on my nerves. Well, I think MJ is not that great politically, but. MJ is a pretty decent guy, but sometimes he comes off as a little needy and neurotic and a little panicky sometimes. But for the most part, he does he's, pretty okay. He's coming off really entitled this season. 
maybe it's just me. He's just coming off really entitled. And I can see that. I, rem- I always remember him just being a genuinely nice guy. Mm-hmm. And and I'm watching him this season. I was like, gosh, I want to punch you in the nose. You're nice annoying. guys don't make for excellent TV. Nobody wants to see any, everybody go around and be polite as fuck to each other. Hey, Nelson. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, keep asking me to catch you down there. Sure. Hey, how's your day going so far? Oh, it's going <laughs> cool. Same old, same old. Who the fuck wants to watch that? Nobody. You want yeah, to see- Cor- Corey doesn't even do that to Nelson. Corey and Nelson like talk shit to each other and try and fight on a reunion. Listen, the hey. audacity. The audacity. The audacity. Jesus here's, Christ. Here's the thing with MJ. You have to remember, though, um, and most people don't remember this, that he is a challenge champion. And so while he seems like he feels entitled, I mean, he came he, out he and he, he, he has yeah, he's a championship on his first season. And then and then he gets called as a replacement on his second season and does really well uh, throughout. But the rookie team was just so at such a disadvantage on the gauntlet three. And then he gets called back for a replacement here again. And what happens when he gets there? His best buddy Landon from his real world season is at the top of the food chain. So, of course, he should feel like he's on, you know, flying on cloud nine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it seems like he fell into a really good situation, all things considered. Let's go ahead and move on to the next heat, which is Mark Dunbar, Derek, and Landon. And now this is the complete op- opposite side of making it fair. I like Mark. I like him a lot. Derek is a, built like a fucking uh, a brick shit house, And there's Landon, arguably one of the greatest people to ever play this game. All reality, if he stayed, we would not be talking about Johnny Bananas. It would be Landon, and Landon wouldn't have seven. Landon would have, like, 11. Like, this guy has not lost any season he's ever been in. He has won. Every time he comes to the challenge, he has won. Well, I mean, this is only, at this point in time, it's only his third challenge, but it's he's a fan favorite of everybody's on teams with he does well in competition he doesn't get in fights or drama doesn't i mean he i mean the biggest drama he gets in is that uh he wrestled Derek one time and they like made each other bleed because they wrestled and threw each other into cars and it was all in good fun <laughs> like like like, that's, like they loved it those guys those two guys were born in the wrong time. They should have been fucking vikings or some shit. They would have been <laughs> they would have been past great. life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Landon's so, an overall good guy too, though. He's he yes, plays fair. He plays yes, very fairly. But if I'm creating heat, trying to be fair, I don't give a fuck if I'm Martin Luther King. I'm not putting myself in a heat with Landon. Fuck that. Why? Might as well just face him in the finals. Why do this to myself? And and well, like I said though, this is what he should have done. Like, he, but he should have also put like MJ and Brad. You know, I mean, MJ got through, but I'm saying. This is what you should do. If you have an opportunity to guarantee your alliance gets into a, a, the final round, you put them against each other. It just guarantees it. So, I mean, that part was smart, but he he literally, this is all about making it fair because he has two guys that he's going against as well in there also. Yeah. Well, this was a dope one because all of the guys were pretty aggressive. Uh, Derek is the first one to struggle. He falls off, followed by Dunbar. Mark and Landon make it to phase two, and they pull out some really gangster shit here. All right, it's time for the next phase. Go ahead and hold that rope with one hand only. When can we have contact? A little while. Phase three. I'm sitting there staring at Landon, and we say, why even go through the second round of one arm? Let's just get right to the physical stuff. DJ, we're just going to sit here and be like... Both agree to go to phase three? Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. You both want to do that? Yeah. 
All right, phase three, boys. As we're moving in to Mark, I'm really nervous because he's probably two feet taller than I am with his arms up. So I'm at a huge disadvantage here um, unless I can get into him and really quick. They just kind of look at each other like, yeah, let's go into phase three. And so I think that that is a dope ass moment for the challenge. I think that was a dope ass moment for both of these who just like, fuck the bullshit. Let's go ahead and get right to it. That doesn't go well for Mark. Fucking Landon like juts out and fucking scissors him and just flings him around. It was <coughs> as good as Mark is a, as the challenges. No, I, I, Landon I, I came agree. It was very smart strategy. I mean, dominant. it was, this is, this is like classic, like, like uh like monkey bar stuff on a playground and it's just the guy that gets his legs up first has the advantage and that's what happens here and landon is younger quicker and more agile than mark at this point yeah so landon gets to win let's go ahead and move on to the third heat which is going to be eric evan well fine and don't Mika even Maya. ask me my opinion i'm sorry you're on your phone I yep let's move on go ahead jump let's move on Fuck. You, Tyler. All right, all right. All you right. can literally. Take a, I'm going to find a, you. And take I'm a couple weeks off. You and you think you're an A-lister here, and you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> um, right. I knew I was an A-lister before we took a couple weeks <laughs> off. By the way, but anyway, no, I just, I, I'm just kidding. I agree with everything you guys said, so I really don't need to say anything else different. Of course, Landon is a fucking animal. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the third heat. Eric Evan and Nehemiah. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Paulie, and you're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Car Maria. This is a shout out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. Nehemiah hangs for a while, but Eric falls and Evan's not able to take the shockwaves. And you know, it's so funny because Big Easy was talking about how, like, yeah, you know, Nehemiah's nimble, Evan's nimble, and I'm kind of nimble too. And they got to Big Easy just just shaking. <laughs> and I was just like, yo, whoever cut this back then knew exactly what they was doing. Okay, boys, get ready. <laughs> I know Nehemiah's quite nimble, Evan's quite nimble, and myself's a little nimble. I think I'm gonna surprise some people here. Eric is shaking this rope. I think I'm gonna be shot off the rope and sent to the moon. I'm also afraid that if Eric falls off the rope before me, there's gonna be no more mud left in the pool when I fall in. all of a sudden, Eric falls. That sends a shockwave down the rope. The next thing I know, I'm covered in crap. It's a pretty day in my mind. That is actually the best look for Big Easy. He doesn't hang on for too long. Nehemiah goes ahead and gets this win. And then we get into the final, which is Landon, MJ, and Nehemiah, which is actually a pretty dope final. I mean, if you do want to say something positive about Big Easy, technically, he's the one that took out Evan. So that is true. <laughs> He did. Look at that. Big guys finish first sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so in this final, pretty good. All of the guys start out pretty aggressive, but MJ can't hang and he falls off. 
comes down to Nehemiah and Landon. And once again, Landon puts in a dominant performance and sends Nehemiah into the deep, dark brown mud. Um, yeah. So far, an amazing, amazing daily. This is the funny thing about the challenge is I find usually the simpler some of these things are, the better. It wasn't campy. It wasn't kooky. It was just simple. Hey, you guys are on the rope. Get each other off. It probably didn't cost a lot of money to make and expensive. I mean, the hardest thing about probably making that daily is some guy standing in the field with a hose <laughs> trying, to, trying to fill up this little pit. <laughs> He's probably out there for bad long. <laughs> I just see like a guy watering his lawn. So I really like it when sometimes, sometimes simple is better. Just like hall brawl as an elimination. It's just like, hey, hallway, two guys go through each other. That's it. So, and same thing with like um, uh, pole wrestle. So, I really hope that in the future the challenge gets back to you know simplifying some things. Sometimes it's nice to throw everybody in a helicopter and throw fucking paint bombs. That's cool too. But you got to have that nice balance. What did you guys make of uh, today's daily, Becky? I'm I'm kind of the same as you. Like I love, I do like the way the new challenges are. They are more difficult. There, there's more involved, but. I do miss the simple good old days challenges as we're seeing now where, or I'm sorry, we saw then uh, where there's no bezel and whistles. There's no real thing. It's just a straight up dog fight. And I, I do miss those. So I will say that today's challenges are more balanced and they're more fair for everybody because like you can be the biggest, baddest dude or girl or the smartest person in the house but you're not prepared to jump across like 50 feet in the air from car to car while it's raining on you and you might plunge and you know die like nobody's prepared oh, for yeah. that but like rest in peace exactly <laughs> but like, but like this challenge right here like this I, i'm sorry but this was kind of tailored to Landon like this worked with him he's agile enough he's strong enough he has good enough balance like all of his skill sets that he brings to the game benefited here like Big Easy was never going to win this sorry no well if he made it to round three he could just grab the guys and like just dive in but hope they go in first just dive in that's what I would do I was like that's what Mark should have did he should just let go and try to tackle Landon and hope he hits the water first Landon came in with a game plan so Landon gets to win I was, I was, no, you guys, before you go on this I would say this is my favorite part when they can't pick their partners and it's like two random people win yes this is the- I was going to say the same exact thing about this deliberation you got Landon and Ruthie they are playing two completely different games they have completely two different um, uh, sets of friends and they gotta kind of come together and that was kind of the best part and I like to call this combined politics. You got to give a little bit. You got to get a little bit and kind of do whatever you can to save your people. And the thing about it is, I think everybody's stressing a little bit too much. Because like I said, if you didn't win, the only thing you got to do is make sure you don't come in last. You can still get called out by anybody. And I love it when people are able to call out the people who vote for them or just call out anybody who's not safe in immunity. So when we get down to it, the voting goes like this. Uh, Landon gets to save his partner, Britt. Britt gets Mark, Rachel, Brad, Tori, MJ, Anissa, Isaac, Katie, Big Easy, DM, and then we get down to Evan. 
and forever the pressure's on. The one thing is this, as soon as you declare a partner, you guys come as a pair. In last week's voting, Paula went AWOL. That's a direct reflection on me. So now my alliance are saying, we can't trust you because we can't trust your girl. The whole house is against Paula, and this is what I need to do for my alliance. I'm gonna go with Kim today. I am hurt, I am fuming, I am shaking with rage because Evan has no balls. And now he's willing to call Kim, who, I don't care. Evan should always have my name in his mouth. You, because you were supposed to always say my name. And he calls Kim. Paula gets butt, butt hurt and flips him off. And then goes Derek, Jen, and Nehemiah. And Nehemiah also has a tough pick. But instead of going with Brooke, who, I mean, I don't know what's this connection that they fucking share, but uh, he goes with Paula over Brooke. And of course, Paula picks Dunbar and Davis and Brooke is going in. Very mm. confusing. Very confusing. Very confusing. I don't know why he went that route. What do you think Nehemiah was thinking? I mean, okay, he's cool with Brooke, but I, I don't really think that is that strong between them. I think he like wants to hook up with her. Cool. That's probably the main thing. But he knew that picking Paula meant Dunbar was going in, and then Davis was going in. Davis won a few guys he's aligned with. So what sense does does, does this make? My only thing here is is that. Davis and Nehemiah had previously discussed that this is something that I think happened off camera and I can, I can't confirm or deny this, but I have this weird feeling that they were both okay to go into elimination because they were both willing to take on the big dogs. Like they were willing to go on and I don't think Davis was afraid of it. And so I think Davis had a kind of had a situation that was like, go ahead, go ahead, send me in. And really, we're thinking about this. Paula and Dunbar have a better chance at winning a daily and saving Nehemiah than Davis and Brooke do. And they're all kind of working together. So really, that's just kind of that's just kind of how I think about it. And Becky. I mean, I personally would have probably saved Brooke knowing it would save the main person in my other alliance, you know, and you see later on how bad he feels about Davis being put into that position. But I also do agree with Tyler that maybe it was already something that they had pre-planned because they were hoping to chip away at the big alliance to get them in a better position politically uh, by getting rid of some of the more uh, top dog players. God bless them for having that much fate in Davis to go in there and take out a big dog. I mean, you don't send a sheep to do a lion's job. But it is what it is. Uh, Davis and Brooke are going in. Davis decides to pick Evan. Brooke decides to pick Brittany. I, I mean, hang on a second. Hang on a second. You said don't send a sheep to a lion's job. Up until this point, Evan's what? Isn't Evan like, what is he? He's 0-1 he's in eliminations. Like he tried cheating against CT on the dual one and then got caught and still lost. Like realistically if we're looking at evan's history and this is like today his elimination record and his performance in eliminations is not great he is not a, a a clutch performer and somebody that can do well under pressure at all times if we're being honest with it no i think you're on to a point 
but he's also fucking stacked. That guy is six foot two of Canadian beef. And there's Davis, who's <laughs> who's not tiny or anything, but compared to Evan, doesn't seem like it's going to be the best matchup. I think Brooke did a much better job in picking Brittany going to. She's a rookie. She's kind of small. Uh, much better chance there. I thought, I mean, don't get me wrong. I applaud the move. Hey, I want to change the game. If I take this guy out, this whole game swings in our favor just a little bit more. So I applaud the move. I just. Who would you pick then? Don't think it's Who would turn. you pick? Looking at all the guys they have there, he's not going to call it Nehemiah. Who, who would, who would, who would, who probably would be his best choice, but there's still Isaac. There's still Derek. As long as you're not getting anything physical, you might have a chance. Uh, and if you get any of those guys put in the elevator, you have yeah, a chance. Yeah, I forgot about Isaac. That's actually would have been the best choice. <laughs> yeah, Isaac probably would have been. I mean, but Isaac is also pretty stacked too. He's pretty laid back. I like Isaac so much. I mean, he's not shit for competitions, but he is he is an enjoyable character. What about you, Becky? I mean, I think it's just it's the same strategy we saw when um what's her face um picked anisa because they're like if i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go out to this big player and you know and if i win everybody's going to literally be like they took out one of the best players in this game and maybe we should choose to make them a part of our alliance or maybe not go after them uh so i think it's a strategic thing i think that um brooke went with the the weaker vote thinking that she was going to be able to beat kim which okay i i can't okay. see that but <laughs> kim probably would have been another great pick but she just dusted off robin so i un- understand the trepidation um evan he screwed paula over like paula just always say getting screwed but for his game did evan do the right thing Tyler. Yeah. yeah, he really did. You look at the numbers. Now, my favorite part of this before before we go into all this is right after Davis picks um, Evan. If you kind of watch Evan walk up, Dunbar is just like taunting him and is like cheering. I'm not a big Dunbar fan, but it's like he just is like a big old fist pump as soon as Evan has to walk and the camera perfectly captures it. But Back to your question. Yeah, it's uh, it's look. You look at the numbers you're gonna please. Are you gonna please one person? You're gonna please six people. Well, you're gonna try and please six people. Um, you have to hope your friend can understand. But then again, it's it's uh, it's Paula's fault for aligning herself with people that care more about money than real life friendships. These are facts. And Becky, Evan was upfront with Paula. He told her after the whole situation happened. Everybody's telling me that I have to drop you. I don't know what to do. I can't, you know, you're hurting my game. He outright told her that he was probably not going to be able to protect her, at least for a little while until she got back into everybody's good graces. So she, her being upset is kind of silly since she knows the pressure he's under to have to make that choice. So Paula plays this game and she always has very emotionally um, and she doesn't take that her actions have consequences as well. So 
at the end of the day, it's her own fault. If she had gone with the alliance, then she wouldn't have to worry about this. She went against the grain and now she has to deal with the consequences. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? Uh, how's it going? This is uh, Derek. Derek Kaczynski. So this is Paulie, and you're listening to Love War Challenges. What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. Love War Challenges. For anyone listening to this, they're at LWC Podcast. World's most dangerous podcast. So, back at the house, Evan decides that he's going to press Davis about his vote. The next thing I want to know is why Davis called me out. I thought we had a connection. Davis, unreal vote. Not personal. It kind of feels weird, I must admit. Really? Yeah, it does. Talk to me. Why? I was always going to pick you. Mm. I thought you knew about that, too. I didn't know. I, I, didn't, I wouldn't have expected it, to be honest with you. I'm not trying to be an ass. I'm just curious. Can I ask why? Because I want to go up against you. Okay. That's the only reason? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, brother. The problem is this. I'm trapped in a house with 26 crazies. We're in some weird Petri dish social experiment. The game does funny things to people, and I don't know how to save myself. Because right now, I'm feeling the heat and it's starting to get to me a little bit. Based on the way that my heart feels. How did that exchange make you guys feel? Becky. I mean, it's just stupid. Like, Evan thinks that he can't be voted in. Like, you, you think that I can't choose you? Why not? Like, that's... the. But we all know Evan's entitled. And he's always acted entitled um, throughout these seasons. So... I think it was just stupid. I think he just should have, you know, gritted his teeth and bore it and dealt with it. You got voted in. You got chosen. Deal with it. Stop whining about it and trying to get in other people's face. About, Why would you pick me? Why would you do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> How yeah. could you? How could you do that to me, man? I thought we were cool. <laughs> don't get me don't, don't wrong. Like, Evan's like a big dude and he's physically imposing and. I'm sure in like a one-on-one physical matchup against a lot of people, he would win more times than not. Um, But he's a scared challenger. He really is a scared challenger. He's afraid to make big moves unless he has a big alliance with him. He's afraid to go into elimination. He's afraid to do anything like puzzles. And like last time we just saw him do a puzzle elimination, Okay, so earlier, sorry, I said he was on one. He was one and one because he beat Johnny Bananas in that sliders on Gauntlet 3. But he had like his entire team helping him solve a puzzle during an elimination. I just think he's a scared person in games. He's so worried about his performance that he doesn't want to fail because if he fails, he's, I mean, how, how can he be a part of JKE or JEK or EKJ, whatever the hell they call themselves? Um, because, <laughs> EKG. because like, you have to look at who's in that right there. And it's not at this point, Johnny is not, a, he's not relevant in that, in my opinion. Um, I know he's a part of the group, but really it's Kenny. Kenny at this point in the challenge is like one of the most winning guys on the show, not necessarily mm-hmm. winning every, every season, but he's winning dailies constantly. He's not having to go into eliminations. He's always in finals. Like he's constantly performing at the top. And so I feel like everybody's alliance feels scared to not live up to that. 
I thought that I, I thought you came off, uh, you know, kind of bitchy about it. Like, dude, he said he wants you just go and fucking do it. Like, why are you pressing this kid? Maybe it was psychological warfare. Who knows? But I don't think it was particularly a good look. During that exchange and later on that night, Davis maintains that, like, Evan, you knew I was going to vote you in. You knew I was going to vote you in. Because the last one, if Nehemiah was going to go in, he was going to call you in. If I'm going to go in, I'm going to call you in. And he calls Evan a bully. Now, to me, that kind of struck out because at this point of the game, I don't think Evan has done anything really bully-like. He really seemed to be more on the defensive than anything else. I mean, yeah, his alliance is running the game for the most part, but they're not really doing anything crazy. They're picking off people who's not their friends or people who they perceive as weak. Uh, do you think it was fair for Davis to call Kenny, uh, I'm sorry, call Evan out for being a bully? Tyler? Okay, so this is going to seem weird. Uh, but no, I don't think he really has any any standing to call him a bully. And the reason on that is that uh, they don't have any history on the show together. Now, stuff could happen behind closed doors, but really this is three episodes in. So this is, I don't even know what, like in eight days on the show, nine days on the show together or whatever they do for this. And so it seems very... Very weird that he feels this way. So what that means to me is that he's taking the trust of what he's hearing from other challengers about Evan, and then he's just using it. Now, do I think he's right? 100% I think he's right. I think Evan is a bully on the show. Right. But I don't think he really has any standing other than he said, she said type stuff. I feel the same way. I feel like Nehemiah may have gotten in his ear or he heard about this or that and the other. I'm just like, wow, he's calling him a bully, and everything's kind of shocked. He's like, you know, kind of like, what the fuck I ever do to you? Becky? I mean, a portion of it, I think, is his reputation does precede him uh, with these type of situations. Oops. Um, but also, you got to think of it, his alliance is running around. Okay, so you're going to vote for this person, and you're going to vote for this person, so that person's going to vote for this person, and then that, da, da, da. So they're more upset that Evan is kind of at the center of making this list of who gets chosen and who doesn't get chosen. So maybe that's why he's considering him a bully because his alliance is saying, you have to vote for this person and you have to vote for this person that votes for that person. And it gets to be aggravating because you're not included in this. And in their minds, it's not a fair way to play. Well, you know what? Those assholes could try winning some and then, they can make the list. Anyway, let's go ahead and move <laughs> on to the fun part. Eliminations. Bum, bum, bum. The girls are up first. It is Brooke versus Britt. And the game is going to be called. All right, Brooke, Brittany, today you guys are going to be playing back off. To begin, each player is going to be fitted with a belt that has a hook attached to the back. Suspended in the air behind each player, there's a ring. Your goal today is to retrieve the hook from your opponent's back and attach it to their ring. First player to do this twice to win today's duel, we see the Slacker G2 personal radio player. Loser goes home empty-handed. All right, let's get you fitted up. Good luck. Everybody has to go into the duel at some point. I'm pissed to be here. It's killing me inside. I'm just ready for it to be over. This one should be really interesting. I'm thinking that this is going to be a drag-out, fierce battle, and it wasn't. Uh, Brit just goes around, slaps her around, pulls her hair, lays her down ever so gently, and takes her clip. And that's it. Time for Brooke to go. 
Uh, what did you make of the girls' elimination? Uh, Brooke basically showed us why she has no, you know, legendary thing going on with her history in the challenge because she literally laid down like a dog and just let her take the clip and didn't even try. <laughs> like, it was embarrassing. She could just have popped her in the head and been like, boop, give me your ring. You know, and don't get me wrong. I, th- I think it was a great look for Brittany, but. Uh, Brooke just looks like she did not belong whatsoever. Tyler. Yeah, this is, I mean, I, I don't see a single elimination against any other female in the house that Brooke could win. I even think pushover Katie would beat her. Like, even though she's got Mm. probably like 30 pounds on her and like six inches, like I still think that I, I don't. Oh man, this is the reason why when this right here, this is the reason why when you always go, why do I hate on OGs and everything? This is why, because today's challengers, Brooke, Brooke wouldn't be even cast. She wouldn't even be an alternate. She wouldn't even be called because she's not a challenger. She's a real worlder. That's the thing. Mm. She's there for the they're, drama and the hookups. They are, they are less about selling sex down our throats 24 seven and more about this is an athletic competition. And these athletes also have sex, but now it's, 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 it's not the other way around where it's like, these guys have sex, but they also try and climb a rope. Like it's no, it's, it's so. Yes, that is true. Unless you're Lolo Jones. Is that a spoiler? No. I mean, did that really just go I don't know, is it? over your head? Lolo Jones. She's an athlete, but she doesn't have sex. Oh yeah. She does have sex. Okay. But I thought she was like cast for. Season. See, that's your own fault. That is your own fault. You just gave out a spoiler yourself. Well, he's gonna he's gonna delete this, but that's isn't isn't she? Isn't that something I've heard? Yes. Okay. She is. Yeah. No. I'm yeah. But, but like she's known for that. Okay. Well, this this was a whole thing when she was on Chance vs. Stars. Okay. All right. Anyways, ignore the part where I don't get your joke because I was I would have gotten it, but I was so concerned about a spoiler. Okay. Otherwise, I would have gotten it. I'm Listen, just con- man. I was just. If I accident listen, I, and I know because this happened last season that I accidentally spoiled some people. Fuck that guy. Let's go ahead and move on to the males. This is going to be Davis versus Evan. Now, the name of this game is Spot On, the first puzzle that we've seen this season. All right, Davis, Evan, today you guys are playing Spot On. As you can see behind me, there are two vertical puzzle climbing walls that are 30 feet each. Each of them has an elaborate Maori pattern with holes that need to be filled in order to complete the pattern. Well, next to you, there's a table with the puzzle pieces that does just that. They complete the pattern. I was hoping to come up here and send Davis home in an ambulance, and now I gotta climb and shimmy around a wall looking for puzzle pieces. First person to complete their puzzle will win today's duel. We see this Slacker G2 personal radio player. Loser goes home empty-handed, guys, let's go. I'm a pretty logical, introverted, like, thinker kind of guy, so I'm hoping that this will be something I'm good at. All right, Davis ready? Evan ready? This was really, really interesting. Davis gets an early lead because he puts the first four pegs into the bottom, (laughs) into the bottom holes. Now, he can't climb up. Thank God the crowd is there to let him know that he is allowed to remove the pegs. For which he does. He had a good lead. It was pretty neck and neck. But he ended up getting frustrated. And then Evan fucking dusted him. 
How do we feel about the male's elimination? Becky. I think it was interesting the way it plays out. Because usually when they have these kinds of things, you have to climb a wall. They would have the ability to climb onto those pegs to get to the higher ones. So the way they did it, kind of blocking off the ability to use these holes to climb was actually really smart. And I think that if you weren't thinking about it, you were like, oh, crap, I just completely blocked my entire way to get up there. So Evan didn't have that problem. He realized that from jump. I think he had the best strategy. Start from the top and then work your way down. You get the top filled up. Now you don't got to keep climbing up so high. And the bottom floor, of course, is going to be the easiest. Yeah. I mean, and it was poor planning on Davis's part. I honestly think that if Davis had used that strategy from the beginning, because he was fast and he was getting stuff done, I honestly think he would have been able to pull it out, but he made that mistake. So I don't think he had the upper body strength or the cardio to actually keep up with Evan. Tyler, what's your take? See, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it clearly was that like Davis just didn't, I don't even know. It's so weird. Cause it looked like he was focused, knew what he was doing. It looked like Evan was panicking. The editing did a great job on here for making us think that there was going to be like an upset. Like it was, the editing was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, as far as performance. So really this was just Davis just losing focus because you could still put in those first three or four and still try and climb. Like, yeah, it would it suck. It'd be harder, but clearly, clearly once you got a rhythm on this, it, that's, that's how you won. Like Evan got the rhythm first on how to do it properly and there's no catching up. It's done. So. Yeah. Um, it did look competitive, but once, once I got about halfway through, we seen how it was going to go. So all of that tough talk, all of that, you know, we're going to change the momentum of the game. It's all right out of the fucking window. And Nehemiah right now is more alone uh, than ever. I mean, these are two people that he could, he was able to count on. And now they're both gone. So I don't think Nehemiah is uh, going to be around for too much longer. Back at the house, Evan, try, Evan feels bad about voting for Paula. He wants to fix things, fix things between her. That doesn't go well. Paula rebukes uh, any attempt that he made. And your guys' opinion, you know, what's done is done. Evan is the one who had to go into elimination, but it's all over now. And now we can, you know, try to get things back on track. Is Paula overreacting? Oh, man, this is again where you're going to be surprised in this. And I, 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 th- I think she is overreacting. I think that she has to understand what she did. And like with every action comes a reaction. You have to understand what when you do something that is against your entire alliance, that there potentially could be shockwaves. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, she, she, and she's Evan yeah. told her, he told her immediately. Yeah. You know, you fucked up, right? Yep. I know. All right. This is what fucking up looks like. This is what fucking up feels like. So completely overreacted. And Becky. I, I agree. Um, she's really irritated like, I, in the beginning. Yes. And then honestly, I do understand why she did what she did when she saved Dunbar, but it's like Paula, really? You think that you're not going to have consequences and people are going to be like, Oh, okay. It's just Paula. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an 80. It's like a, like a, like a 1970 sitcom. It's Paula, you know, (laughs) sorry, you're, you're going to get in trouble. You have to deal with that consequences. Stop whining about other people holding you accountable for your actions. 
if you're going to walk around and hold Evan accountable for not voting for you, realize how you're accountable for what you did that caused that situation. So she's just too busy pointing fingers at everybody else to realize that at the end of the day, it's nobody's fault but her own. Yeah, I think the uh, the events on the island, you know, really got to her. I think she's still holding on to that. She still feels very betrayed. Evan, even though he wasn't there, kind of represents where that betrayer has come from. It's going to be a while before she get back to normal. I think she's just overly paranoid and probably should be. It's not the worst thing. Um, but I think the biggest problem is, yeah, you trust Dunbar. Yeah, that's your partner in this game. Ugh, pick somebody else. I mean. Uh, there's better people to align yourself with than Dunbar. She's a, well, she's so, aligned with Dunbar for his dick, not for his competitive ability. That's a good point, but dick doesn't always make the best. I mean, players. I don't know. He is, isn't he like, isn't he like working with like Playboy and stuff like that? Like nowadays, like shooting porno. So, I mean, maybe, maybe he, he did. I, have I, think, a porno. I think he shot one. Porno. Oh, I just thought that when somebody said that's what he did, that I assumed that's what he was doing. But you know what? Dunbar is a guy who I can see is, you know, directing porn under a pseudonym. I mean, yeah, he's, not, he's, not spread him. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jesus. I can't. It's fucked up because we can all imagine it. Him with that stupid fucking director's hat on and a fucking turtleneck talking about, mm, I touch it. <laughs> Oh that seems like my perfect, god! That's perfectly on brand for Dunbar. Dunbar is a creepy creep. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know about that. I don't. I'm not a huge Dunbar fan, but I don't. I don't really hate him. Well, it's not that but, I hate him, but you can tell he's kind of a creeper. Uh, he's kind. He's kind of a dumbass. Like I always remember Dunbar from his real world season, walking around with a knife in his back pocket because the girls invited some guys back to the apartment. Like he's he's a dumbass, but. That's going to do it for us. That is episode three of season 17 of the challenge. The duel Two. one hell of an episode. Actually, it was a really good episode. It had drama, but it also had the right kind of drama. No dumb shit. Just purely game drama. Real emotions. Uh, you know, with Brooke going, how Nehemiah felt about it. And Paula getting betrayed again, which she, she will soon find out. It's kind of going to be her thing for a couple of seasons. And great, a great daily, great eliminations. And you got to love it when you have two eliminations in an episode and the eliminations are different. Like I love, I love the simplicity of, of the duel too. So great episode. how did you guys feel about it overall? Go ahead, Becky. Sorry. Um, I, (laughs) (laughs) why, why is it always me? But anyway, no, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I think it had a good, uh, flow to it uh enough drama um intermixion of people with a pretty uh good daily and some decent elimination now mind you you know bro the girl elimination was weak as f but you know what can you do uh but i guess the boys made up for it all right that's gonna do it for us we're gonna go ahead and get up out of here Make sure you follow me at Malik underscore MTV on all platforms. Make f- make sure you follow Tyler Louder at Lord Louder on all platforms. Make sure you follow Giftmaster Bex on Twitter and Becky Convarsi. 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 No, it's Giftmaster Bex on Hennessey. Instagram. 
No. Cavassier. Cavassier. You're trying to make me Cavassier or something like that? I'm not even sure if I'm uh, even saying it right. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at lwcpodcast.com. The same on Instagram. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. We will be more active. Just been taking some time off. Make sure you check out the interview I did on For the Love of the Challenge, available on Spotify. Make sure you check out shopthechallenge.com for all of your customizable challenge gear. Make sure you visit shop.lwcpodcast.com. Buy a t-shirt. Support you guys. We appreciate it. Keeps the light on around here. I'm not a guy. Miss- you know, it's huh? like, it's like, it's like, it's like, sup guys. Like, what's up, sup y'all? It's like all of us. It's n- Remember, I am a lady. Yeah, it's, not, it's not a girl versus boy thing. It is when it's surrounded by men's. Don't forget me. See, I miss Skype where I could just mute and boot people at will. Like, that would be a perfect boot moment. You know what, Malik? <laughs> and then me and Tyler would talk shit for like four minutes. <laughs> well, I got back on because y'all were like assholes. Then she always comes back on like, fuck you. And then we're just like, oh, what happened? Where, where, where are you? <laughs> Where'd you go? And you always um, hear in my audio on the side because when we record our audio, like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> Did I did I miss any other plugs? Uh, Manscape. Mm. Are we still plugging Manscape? Uh, nine times see another check from Manscape. So get your own fucking code. <laughs> or if you absolutely must, go to manscape.com. Use code LWC for twenty percent off. Um, yeah, shave your balls, guys. The ladies appreciate it for the most part, unless she likes hair. Then she's weird, and you probably deserve her. Yeah, and uh, if you guys want to hear more of my uh, awesome voice, then uh, then check me out at Second and Short Podcast. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Spotify. I'm everywhere you can find content, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I put out two episodes a week on NFL-based content. We talk about what, everything that happened over the weekend, and then we talk about some fantasy football stuff. Uh, I know Malik just picked up a win in the league we're in. Huh. Yes, I did. Huh. The, uh, the Long Island Carver Maria's. I don't know why I get this reputation as being a Carver Maria fan. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> have no idea. How does that happen um, at all? Yo, d- did you see that win that I got? Yo, why did my dumb ass sit Sammy Watkins? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't did, know. I did not, because I didn't like do my lineup before the game started. Like, totally forgot about it. And I'm just like, oh, why is Sammy Watkins on the best? Uh, oh, uh, why is Sammy Watkins on the bench? And I'm sitting there like... Watch him have a fucking great game. Yep, it's week one. He did, <laughs> week one Watkins. And he did have a... Yeah, week one Watkins. And there's like two, maybe three more weeks of this before he goes back to mediocrity. But here I am missing my window. We got to talk about uh, how I did on the draft too. So, um, also, make sure you guys check out 224 The Basement. Me and Ace Metaphor break down pop culture and just pretty much talk out shit. Two black guys from Long Island talking shit. Who would have thunk it? It's a podcast now. That's going to do it for us. Going to go ahead and close us out. Once again, I am MTV Malik. He is Tyler Louder. She is Becky at GIF Master Bex. This is Love War Challenges. Good night, Potsters. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,